And I'm Matt Little. I'm watching Brett drink water. It's water, guy. Living the dream. LTD. Ah, oh, you're precious. This, is this the grossest podcast? Maybe. So far? Maybe. Just Why? Slurping noises and like... Let me eat this water. handful of salsa. Uh, we are bringing to you a pick of the week that is equally disgusting. Is that low? Is that yeah, that, well, it is a low blow, but... Uh, to be fair, it's a it's a it's a it's a rough book. Yeah, <laughs> this is uh, your pick, though. Yeah, uh, we've already uh, peeked behind the iron curtain. Not the iron curtain. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> behind the curtain. Yeah, uh, we've already recorded the episode you're going to hear next week, so we've already lived. We've already relived the pain that is X Force Volume Two from 2004 by who else but Rob Liefeld and Fabian Nizieza, who's just been drug along. <laughs> Yeah, ride. yeah. It's um, it's a it's it's a tough book. It's a it was a, it was a tough book. Um, it's exactly what you think a Rob Liefeld plotted comic book would be. Yeah, yeah. It's um, oh boy. There's there's a lot there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in this story, and there's not a lot of explanation for the things that are happening. Yes. We're about positivity. Yeah. I've made the uh, risque move of picking a uh, objectively awful comic book. But we've discussed this but before. we've discussed it. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I-, I love to hate it. Yeah. Um, and also X-Force is my favorite anything of all time. So again, The Hurt is a deep, loving place. But uh, to talk about Rob Liefeld positively, yeah. we can do that. Right? Yeah, well, the, I, I think the thing is, you know, there's a difference between the man and his work. And... The man and the myth. I think um, that as long as we're not talking about him himself being some awful piece of human garbage, which we don't know. He seems like an all right guy. In his interviews, he does seem very – he's he's an incredibly perceptive, yeah. smart person. And I honestly – this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment. But when you're as, as talented as Rob Liefeld, you probably have to be a business wizard to be as successful as you are. That's, because, dude – it's very Dude's true. Got problems with his art, and, but and that's not that's not even indicative of Rob Liefeld himself. There are there are a lot of people in a lot of high powered jobs, like in Hollywood, that are mediocre at best at what they do. But the reason they are as successful as they are is they're hustlers. Yeah, the hustler gene, I think, is something that a lot of yeah. people are afraid to have or don't have. Yeah. And it's definitely a skill. It's a it's an it, acquired he skill. He has that. What he doesn't have in basic understanding of anatomy, he knows business. Yeah. Dude, dude was drawing how many comics a month as of like six months ago when he was doing like The Infinite and Hawk and Dove, as well as also I think stuff for Marvel all at the same time? Or yeah, yeah. He was doing, he was doing like Hawk and Dove. He was doing Infinite. Uh, and then he was doing, he was doing something else. This is like a Deadpool team up thing. He does covers. Oh, right. He was finishing up, he was finishing up his work for, uh, for, for Deadpool core. Yeah. So I mean like, 
how many other artists besides like John Romita Jr. and Mark Bagley can do more than one book a month? Yeah. And, and the thing is respectable. And the thing is too, like he's again, he's a guy who understands the business. Uh, I was listening to an interview with him on word balloon, John Sandris's show. And he was talking about, uh, he was talking about his time drawing Deadpool core. And he said, I, you know, I didn't agree. Oh yeah. I didn't agree with how the stories went or, or how it went, but you know, I got hired to do this job and I was like, all right, I'll be here for 12 issues. Then you want, you want, you want a, a a flying, a flying dog Deadpool. Fine. You want dog pull? I'll draw it. Uh, and yeah, Rob, it's also Rob Liefeld, maybe of any artist. I mean, probably every artist knows this, but he really knows who he is. He does. Guy is is incredibly confident. You can disagree. Guy is secure in who he is. You can disagree with who he is. But when you get a Rob Liefeld comic, you're going to get a Rob Liefeld comic. Yeah. Uh, He's not going to change, which is a good thing if you are a fan of Rob Liefeld comics. Yeah. Also, I don't think I would want him to. Yeah. Like, a guy like him has to exist. Yeah, yeah. Uh... And, and, you know, the, the guy, uh, I think, and, and I brought this up before, we, we, uh, I, I think that the guy has a lot of really great ideas. Like, there's a good yeah. story in, in this there's X-Force volume yeah, There's a good story two. in here. It doesn't happen. But it doesn't happen. Uh, I, I almost don't want to say too I don't want to say too much about it at this point because it's... we talk a, about it a lot. We do talk it about it a lot, and there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of, like... Like very humorous, like humorously, there's a there's a large amount of of dropped plots yeah. and characters that disappear. It's and almost things like it's like Liefeld that. doing Liefeld. Yeah, it's like he's out Liefelding himself. Yeah, yeah. Because people give shit to the first like ten issues of X Force back in ninety one. Yeah, but like compared to this, those are like your your uh, your Grant Morrison, your Kurt Busiek. You're like yeah, yeah, well done. Uh, <laughs> Even though in those first ten issues they spend five of them finding the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and not moving a single foot because they keep doing flashbacks. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, well, that's uh, well, that's sort of that's again with the execution of, of of a Rob Liefeld story. I think that the one thing that I've always seen that I wished uh, could be done better is the 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 pace of the plot. Yeah. Because the pace of a Rob Liefeld plot, even going back to those original X Force issues, I remember how little happened. Yeah. There was a lot of oh, posturing. Yeah. There's a lot of posturing and posing and talking about things, but then nothing. Honestly, know. nothing See, really seemed to happen until he until he like left. Le- yeah. Is it weird that I'm actually like you saying posturing about the original X Force run is making me smile? Like it's bringing back like fun nostalgia of like yeah, like they were like I think was it Blob or Pyro was holding Siren off a cliff. For like two straight issues, yeah, like he didn't do anything, and I, but I'm like, man, you know what? Charming. Whereas this, yeah. Also, because if you're having an X Force miniseries, especially an X Force miniseries after X Force hasn't been a team for about four years, yeah, uh, you should probably have X Force in it. Yeah, and spoiler alert, they ain't in it. For yeah, the most part. it's it's really, um, and it's weird too because there was. A Cable and Deadpool series at the time, so Cable yeah, had a series. Need, I'm wondering, so it wasn't like, like, could this have been another? Like, I wonder if it was pitched under a different name, even maybe. Like Rob Liefeld, I don't know. No, no, I think he was specifically. I think they specifically approached him to do X Force. Seems like a thing that they just like slapped the word X Force on. Yeah, well, it's it's Rob Liefeld loves 
a lot of different genres of of media. Yeah. You know, so that's he why we have Universal Soldier genre. Yeah, yeah. And time cop genre. <laughs> he also <laughs> he also clearly loves the barbarian genre. Yeah, he because does. Because there's this random six page and I'll be honest, yeah. until until Jubin brought it up in the episode, which you'll hear at the beginning of the <laughs> yeah. next episode, I didn't realize that, that I kept my mouth shut because I didn't want to sound like a dummy. Though I should have said something then. Um, I didn't realize that that's Cable in the first five pages <laughs> of the first issue. I, I had no idea how I knew that because it just it looks. He has Shatterstar's hair with the ponytail and front braids. Yeah. And, oh god. I just Guys. thought he was some random dude that was going to be... I thought it was just a, a, a random warning tale about the scorn. I don't even this know has happened if they once. even address him as... In, uh, they call him Traveler, which I don't even think they even reference him as, like, Dayspring or Escani's son or yeah. anything. Yeah, the I, guy I, already I has 30 nicknames. Yeah. Oh, I remember when I first discovered Cable's real name on, like, a training card. It was like, it was, it was like Nathan Christopher Charles Dayspring Escani's son Summer. It was like this crazy yeah. gook. I was like, well, what is his actual name, guys? That is unwieldy. Yeah. What is on his driver's license? <laughs> or his Harvard Bar Associates, like, card or whatever. Oh, I should have brought that up. In, like, in random issue, like, X-Force number, like, 39 or 40, it's revealed that Cable, like, has a law degree from, like, Harvard or something. Really? It's in, it's the Nizier's a Tony Daniel run. Oh. It's like, it's like a throwaway thing. Oh, remember, oh, I do remember, <laughs> I do remember an early issue of X-Force, of Liefeld drawing Cable with, like, a pair of glasses, and, like, tiny, a turtleneck. Yeah, and, like, it was a New like, Mutants, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, like, towards the end of New, it was, like, might have been, like, X-Force, like, New Mutants number 100 or something, but it's, like, tiny, tiny little circle glasses. He's like, yeah, I put on my three-piece suit to go read in the library. What? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's the Xavier's mansion. You can probably just keep on whatever you have on. There's not a dress code to the mansion library. You keep your shoulder pads on, yeah, man. man. You love those shoulder pads. I loved as soon as Liefeld left and Capula redesigned Warpath's costume. It was like, finally, I can turn my head without hitting yeah. myself in the chin with those shoulder pads. I will it. say, too, the shoulder pads got smaller since the 90s yeah. in in this series uh shatter stars what did you what did you think of the final shatter star costume that you see in that miniseries fine. i thought it was fine and if he would have stayed with that the yeah, entire time i wouldn't have a problem with it detour through big bird country i just don't understand again i don't understand the the thought process behind giving a guy a metal face protector yeah. and then whenever <laughs> the danger ramps up changing him into the practice version <laughs> of the metal face protector Guys, it's on Amazon. It's super cheap on Amazon. It's super cheap. It's like trade. five bucks. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of new and used copies. Uh, so go to Amazon. Get it. We'll Check click it through out. the link. Click through the link from Matt and oh, Brett yeah. Love Comics. We need the money because it will. It, it will. Uh, it will kick a little back to us. Yeah. Uh, it will not cost you anything, but it will kick a little back to us because we have referred you to Amazon, and that yeah. kind of that helps pay for our. Uh, that helps pay for for our hosting and yeah, because uh, we got every time we host, we have like an open wine and cheese bar. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, we we hire we we hire a sommelier yeah. to come in. <laughs> it's totally worth it. Yeah, it makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. A cheesemonger is expensive too, yeah. you guys. We are all plastered on expensive wine during every podcast. Yeah, yeah. Much you like can... the match game episodes of the seventies. Yeah. If you're if you if you ever get a buzz as you're listening, then that's that's the it's that's the contact high. Yeah. So this is also a historic moment because this is the first time we're actually recording a mini episode the Sunday before the Wednesday it goes up. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're pretty gonna, close to yeah. we're pretty close to current. Well, we had a we had a busy couple of weeks outside of the show. I mean, yeah. Brett, you were you were traveling all amongst the mid- all Midwest. Over the Midwest. 
I went to a lot of comic shops. I went to the comic book store that I went to in Murfreesboro, Outer Limit, Outer Limit Comics. Yeah. Outer Limits. Uh, it used to be Timely Treasures when I was in sixth grade and used to go there. I traded. It sounds gross. That sounds yeah, kind of gross. I'm not going to lie. Timely Treasures. Well, it was, apparently it was an antique store. And the, it was okay, one of those things, like, the comic books, like, just, as I remember, the back half was all old comics. And the front half was, like, old dressers. Yeah. Old, like, chests of drawers and, like, okay. old things. Yep. Uh, or like time to make treasures, and then the back was the comics, but that just overtook the entire store. Um, when I was in seventh grade, I traded the owner seventy GI Joes for Banshee's first appearance. Nice. Uh, Cameo number twenty eight, I think. Yeah. Twenty eight. Um, which is now to this day my number one most valuable comic book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this sounds like you made out on that yeah, deal, I, though. I did fine. I would go in there, like, a year later, and he'd be like, yep, still trying to, like, uh, piece together all the accessories for those G.I. Joes just traded me. Because <laughs> I just, like, gave him, like, a big, just, like, box of yeah, yeah. guns and G.I. Joes, and he had, yep. like, a manual thing, so I think he hated me. Um, That's okay. You got what you needed out of him. But it burned down. It literally burned down <gasps> the same day that Wizard closed. Oh, my. Like, 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 a year and a half ago when they announced, like, Wizard Magazine is folding is also the day that I got linked or, like, found the article about my old comic shop burning down. And I, like, called my mom, and I was like, there's just too much happening today. Oh. There's too much. Like, my old job is gone, and, now like, my old comic shop is gone. But I went yeah. to a new location yep. in Murfreesboro. <laughs> you, I, I love that, too, in... in... I wonder how many of our listeners do the same thing. Uh, Brett, Brett always, Brett has to go anytime he travels to a new city. He has to find the comic shop there, yep. and he has to go to it. I got married in <laughs> Lancaster, Pennsylvania, last year, and I, I, I said to my wife before the wedding, uh, I was like, "Oh, Brett's going to be in town." There's, there's a comic shop in Lancaster, and it's across the street from the Amtrak station and Greyhound yeah. bus depot. Yeah, we went there. And it's this weird, it's just in this really <laughs> weird location. And I was like, oh, I wonder how long it'll take for Brett to find it. And how soon, do you, do you think he'll go before he even comes to the wedding? Or do you think he'll wait till after? <laughs> it was after, but. It was after. Yeah. But, but you were there. there. You see, you, you, you found it. I bought a Gladiator Marvel Universe figure and a Cable Marvel Universe figure. Nice. I think those are the two I bought there. Yeah. Um. We also went to Star Clipper Comics in St. Louis, Missouri, which is the nicest comic book store I've ever been in in my life. It's yeah? so great. Even nicer than Midtown. Oh, wait. Well, I mean, I love... Midtown is like the Barnes & Noble. Like it, it, like, it feels like... I love Midtown Comics. It um, almost doesn't feel like a boutique comic shop, though. Yeah. It feels much bigger. And, which is yeah. fine. Like, the, the, the things I look for um, are comic stores should not have any cardboard in them. The only paper should be the physical comics and the yep. backing boards. If you are a comic store and you're storing your comics in cardboard long boxes, yeah. don't. Midtown has, like, nice, like, wooden, hard, like, actual yep. dis- like surfaces. Uh, but, like, Star Clipper is a great store because it's laid out amazingly. Like, it has, like, nice chandeliers, like, hardwood yeah. floors. Um, but the thing that's really cool about them is they do a lot of local stuff. Like, the back, the back area is just where they have, like, a ton of zines. Like, however zines. many, yeah, like, zines. Love it. And, like, local comics. Like, yeah. uh, I went in there and looked. There was one kid, like, there was, like, a six-year-old kid. It's, like, Axe Cop away, like, in a way. Like, yeah. a kid, like, writes and draws a comic book. He sits, he puts, like, about $3, like, $3 on it. That's adorable. And they put it up. And they, like, you buy it. Like, uh. it's so cool. And that's the kind of thing that I don't see done in New York. And I don't know if it could be done in New York because it's so big. Like, yeah. St. Louis is not as big as New York City. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Star Clipper is great. If you live in that area, you should definitely go check them out. They do a bunch of stuff with the community. Like, I follow them on Twitter because they have, like, the, the first Saturday of every month is, like, local artist day or something. And I, yeah. It sounds like it's, like, an artist alley. 
And like artists just come and you can get stuff. I don't know. But that could be a that might not be what they do. So I might have just but they do they do cool stuff. Yeah, uh, I always love going there. Well, I think I, I think the cool stuff kind of uh, gets uh, winds up winds up getting relegated to the the more niche yeah. comic shops. Like I live I live about five blocks from a really great comic store called Desert Island, and it's all independent comics and yeah. like like uh, graphic uh, graphic novels and, and art house stuff. You know, like uh, if I need to, if I need to find something that Michael Kupperman has done, which I love, Tales Designed to Thrizzle. Yeah. That's one of my favorite comics ever. Uh, if if I need to find that, I'm probably, I'm almost certainly going to go there and find it. And I'm saying that from actual experience because that's happened before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, they carry like the Daniel Klaus stuff, um, Chris Ware's work, stuff like that. And, and not and X-Force, it, The Legend Returns? No, surprisingly okay. not. Nothing, no, nothing is niche. <laughs> nothing is art house as, uh, you know, X-Force Volume 2 even in the, as much as superheroes are, like X Force Volume Two, really is the complete antithesis of an art house comic. Yeah, it is the exact yeah. opposite. In the same way, in the same way that uh, what's Michael Bay's worst movie to you? Transformers One. Transformers One is the only one I've seen of the entire trilogy. Okay, I'm gonna say Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah, or Dark of the Moon. Dark of the Moon was pretty bad. I it was a mess. See, I don't need to see both of those, but I. Have a weird my buddy, there. my buddy and I, uh, my buddy and I got stoned and went to see that in 3D on opening night. Uh, and we midnight laughed. Midnight or like opening? Oh night. no, opening evening that Friday. Yeah, we, no, we didn't midnight that. Uh, no, we got stoned and went to see that, and we uh, we wore our 3D glasses and uh, just we were laughing through the whole movie. We were and, and ruining the experience for everyone. I am, I am a feverish, feverish Transformers fan too, and and those I had to just come after that first movie. I geeked out. I geeked out in the first minute of the first movie, hearing uh, yeah. hearing, hearing Peter Cullen do Optimus yeah. Prime again. I literally went yes. Yeah. Uh, but then, as I settled into the movie, you know, it, it was just it was just a, again, it was just a mess. But that that's sort of like like X Force Volume Two is like the Transformers Dark of the Moon to to, to well, say like to, to say like uh, uh, something. That like Daniel Klaus yeah. would do, or like Jimmy Corrigan, smartest boy in the world, yeah. would would be in this uh, in this instance the uh, equivalent to I don't know like like the Ice Storm yeah. or something like that, like like an <laughs> art house movie that's really good and really powerful and has like these quiet character moments, and this has absolutely no sensible sensical even character <sighs> character moments. Oh, it hurts. Because, you know, again, we, we do a lot of positive talk on the show, and I would love to hear how you feel like we handled ourselves in that one. I'd be very interested uh, to, you know, jump on the Facebook page uh, or tweet at us. Let us know about that. Um, but speaking of positivity, and yeah. because we're close to current... Yeah. Um, we're actually going to try and talk about current comics. Yeah, Brett, what are you ever... reading right now? Uh, I have a spreadsheet. Yeah. Because I do. Because that's my life. Uh, you love spreadsheets. Yeah. You love spreadsheets. We're working on a secret project right now, and Brett, uh, Brett, immediately as we're talking about it on GChat, as we're talking about it, going, "Oh yeah," and we're talking about organization. I see my email. Uh, Brett White wants to share a Google Doc with yeah. you. I'm like, I already got it made. <laughs> I think you start projects just so you can make spreadsheets. Yeah. Well, I have I have a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet. That's just my comic book collection. That has one page that's just a collection, one page of all the stuff that I've bought digitally that has to have entries, yep. uh, and then uh, a a, pay, a tab that is just 
every comic I've ever read in rank order of how yeah. much I like them. Yeah. So if you want to know, like, want to know what my 5,000th favorite comic book is? What is it? It is X-Men Volume 2, number 162. Oh, that was... By Chuck Austin and Salvador La Roca. It has a 6.8 out of 10. You liked it that much? Well, most everything I read is an 8 or above. Oh, like, if okay. I like it, it's yeah. usually like a 7.5 or above. Is things that I like. Yeah. If you're below a 7.5, then... It takes a lot to be below a six. Yeah. Uh, X Force Volume Two Number Six is a point five and is the worst comic I've ever read. Wow. So that shows you what we're in for. Wow. Um, did, did you see? Did you see this week? There was a guy on Reddit that put up step by step instructions of yeah. how to. Uh, I saw that. I didn't. I. We don't endorse. Certainly that, not. But good for him. Well, also because he only did it because he's like, I buy comics from Comicsology. I want to have them if they go bankrupt ever, which is exactly my fear all the time. Well, that's, yeah. Pumping so much money into comiXology, even though I, I feel like the battle for digital comics has already been fought and they kind of won. Like, they yeah, came yeah. out on top. Um, and seeing as how Marvel uses their platform for their own comics, I feel like if you have the backing of Marvel and DC, you're mm-hmm. probably going to stay around. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even the guy put it up and was like, "If you use this for piracy, you're an asshole. Yep. You're, you're like, you're why we can't have nice things." Which is yeah, true. yeah. Let's all just be adults about this stuff. Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting, and you do raise uh, you do raise a good point too that there's no way, like all of this stuff is in the cloud, and it's not yeah. it's not pulled. Out. There's no backup. There's no local backup yeah. for these things. And even like um. I mean, it just happened with Graphically switching their model because they yeah. used to be Comicsology's competitor. But even they said, like, yeah, we're not doing like day and date digital anymore. But if you bought this stuff, it still is, it still exists, and you can still access it. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, I feel like that is what will happen. Like, you won't be able to get anything new through Comicsology, but you will still have all yeah. the stuff because they're not going to get rid of it unless like something a comment or something. And who knows? Honestly, maybe maybe we're the we're thinking the old way. Maybe yeah. you know the way that the way oh, that man. things evolve. The future is going to be you know someone. Someone dusts off this podcast 25 years from now and laughs about how we're talking about... I want to keep my digital count. Yeah, yeah. Well, things are in the cloud. I don't know if I can keep them. Yeah. And it's... When also, there's even this weird shift. The shit, like... Because in the early 2000s, people were like, well, single issues are too bulky. Everything should be collected into trades. Yep. And so everything was starting to be written for the trade. Everything was six issues. Uh, and so we've lived in this, like, weird trade land for the past ten years where us who buy single issues are like, well, I don't want to buy the trades, but I'm still going to read these stupid six-issue-long arcs that should be two issues, and they're all dragged out. Um, but now the mentality has flipped around again where it's like, well, I don't want anything physical. I don't want, I don't even want trades clogging up my shelves. Yeah, yeah. I want digital, and digital is single issues. Yep. So now it's like... Are we gonna? Is there gonna be a switch back towards the Dunham ones? The less like, there's no reason for decompression anymore. Nope, there isn't because it's all digital. Yeah. Um, and there's even there, you know, and getting even more scarier because us comic book fans love change. Like, there's no reason for stories to be twenty pages. Yep. If they're not printed, like, yeah, you have to pay your artist and writer like two more page rates, but you're not printing those pages millions of times. Yeah. Well, well hundreds of thousands of times. It's it's interesting because you know I, I think that I think that as people figure out digital, and I think that this is something that Mark Wade is talking about a lot yeah. right now. I we're gonna stop looking at comics as something that is uh, uh, you know left to right, left yeah. to right, and more layers on top of and just stacks like like yeah. uh, like like Photoshop yeah. like Photoshop layers like just stacked on top of themselves. Like I read the Marvel Infinite. 
yeah, infinite uh-huh. stuff, and I love. Yeah. I that is that is doing exactly what comics need to do. My to, blood pressure is like rising right now, though. I'm like getting really? so fancy thinking about this. Oh, uh, see, I think it opens up so I many cool too. new storytelling avenues. I, I I do too. I think it's I think it's really cool, but there's also like there's still something. It's kind of I mean, okay. There could be maybe a parallel drawn between. The like the motion comic, not motion comics, but the Marvel Infinite, like that, like the Mark Wade style is like the single camera sitcom. Yep. And the old way is the multi camera sitcom. Yeah, yeah. And like Tina Fey was even talking in one of like her Nerdist interview about like she was like, I would love to do a multi camera sitcom because it's way easier. It's way easier, and also like there's no reason why those have to be bad. It's just the thing is right now all of them are bad. Yeah, yeah. Still make a good one. Yeah. Like I love Lucy, Mary Tyler Moore, Bob Newhart show, Dick Van Dyke. I mean, I love Friends, Friends, Cheers, Seinfeld. Like these are all great shows, and I feel like there's still a reason why they're done that way uh well they could be done that way so even if digital comics take off in the layer format i feel like there are still certain stories or certain creators that can still use the page turn yeah there's no like they the thing is is like there is we think infinite internet space yeah it could be like some sort of weird gremlin troll hiding at the edge of a rainbow being like this is the end of the internet oh man could you you imagine if we get there oh boy yeah that'd be great that'd be awful um, so there's no reason why like one doesn't have to replace the other. Yeah. So it's like there's a lot of options. Like now we don't that we are not dependent on paper, which is limited. Yeah. Guys, we we only got so many trees, right? Yep. Trees make paper, right? They, they do. Grow, they grow. They do. Well, the they yeah they 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 grow it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I I think too I think the only the only obstacle I see right now with digital too is that like when we're talking about you know, the sort of the layers and stuff like there's no. Artists are going to have to think of new tricks to screw with page design oh, and, yeah. and, and panel layouts and stuff oh, yeah. like that. To there, there has to be, there's going to be a, there's going to be a growing pain period. I think over the next couple of years, as artists sort of absorb the the new storytelling medium and figure out what the new tricks are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like you look at, um, like I read Wolverine and the X-Men digitally. Oh yeah. We started, we started this whole tangent by talking, saying that we're going to talk about current stuff. Well, let's, uh, as we get into that. Yeah. Like I, I read, uh, Wolverine and the X-Men, which which right now is my number one comic that I read. Yeah. I, um, peek behind the iron curtain again. Uh, I have, I keep all the comics I buy physically, which are, which are 30 on my list. I have I average out the uh, grades that I gave the previous three issues. Yep, and then arrange them by that. So that pretty much tells me like of the last three months, like what am I liking more on a consistent basis? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so right now, Wolverine issues nineteen and eleven have scores of nine point two, nine point two, and nine, which puts it at my favorite comic right now. Great. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you that that book is that book is everything <laughs> that I've wanted an X Men book to it's, be yeah. since Joss Whedon left astonishing it's fantastic yeah it um the issue where cyclops comes back to talk to like talk to wolverine the abx crossover i think it was issue 10 like the one before the newest one where like cyclops comes and sees the jean gray school for the first time yeah he's like hey wolverine i don't know if i should thank you for doing this or punch you in the face yeah for naming the school after my dead wife who you are in love with yeah 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 because it really is a it really is a huge middle finger could you imagine like hey man i loved your wife i'm gonna name an awesome thing after her yeah Uh, that's unbelievably ballsy is it like layla 
Isn't it? Wasn't it? Didn't Eric Clapton write Layla about George Harrison's wife? Yeah. 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 And then, uh, and then she left him for <laughs> Eric Clapton. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. If Jigger uh, was alive, she'd be like, "Hey, Wolverine, awesome." So, so what happens? What happens in AVX if Jean Grey comes back? I, oh man, that it, it uh, that that's one of the more interesting things about the Cyclops and Frost relationship that I would love to see what would happen if Jean Grey did come back. Yeah. Because so much of the Cyclops and Emma relationship is built around her own insecurity. Like, yeah. I, mean, I feel like she's even said recently, I don't know if it was Gillen or someone who was like, she's like, I'm just second to a corpse. Or that might have been Greg Pak back in X-Men Phoenix Insong or something. No, I, I, think that was, I think that was in a recent Uncanny issue. Yeah. Where it's like, it's, it's this thing of like, is Emma only with Cyclops because his soulmate is dead? And if Jean comes back, like... What does that do to Cyclops? I mean, because Cyclops has a history of leaving women that he's with when Jean Grey comes back from the dead. That's true. Because it happened with Madeline Pryor, and we saw how that worked out. You know what else is interesting to me, too? And I just uh, I just realized this is we're slowly seeing the evolution of the relationship between Namor and Emma Frost. Yeah. At the same time <laughs> as this threat of the Phoenix is reemerging. And I wonder if that is... If they're, if they're writing that in a way to show the sort of... Uh, uh, Sort of like a subliminal bailout on Emma Frost's part. Like, oh, yeah. oh all this is going to happen, and I'm planning, I'm devising my exit strategy right now. Yeah. But I would also love, I would love it if Jean Grey came back and wasn't with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> like Cyclops didn't want her, and she was like, because I, I hate it when characters get so defined by who they're in a relationship yes, with. Yes, it's codependency. Uh, it's co- it's complete codependency. It's character codependency. Uh, Gambit and-, and Rogue, for ten years, were just nothing but... Yeah, awful characters because writers can only write them with the other one, um, which was such a horrible thing to happen to Rogue because she'd been an X Men for a long time. Yeah, and then got saddled with this dude who came out of nowhere, and then her character was dragged through the mud for ten years. Yep, and it wasn't until Mike Carey came along, kept them apart. Yeah, and they both have become good characters again. Yeah, it's um, but yeah, getting back to Wolverine and the X Men, uh, I love. I love this series. Um, I love what Jason Aaron is doing there, and it amazes me. Um, it amazes me that it's the same guy that's writing Incredible Hulk right now, because <laughs> that is a lot of mixed things about. Um, it's it's in an it's going in a completely different direction than the book has ever gone before. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, well, sort of. Uh, Peter David did something similar to it uh, for a while. Where um, Banner, when when the Hulk would the Hulk would change back to Banner, and Banner was like like snarling, mindless yeah. Hulk, uh, and that was around issue four twenty five, I think, to like almost four fifty. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of the last big. It was like one of the last really big ideas that uh, that he had integrated into the book, and then and then the book got caught up in a lot of. Uh, a lot of crossovers in the Heroes Return stuff. And... Well, yeah, because like, in Onslaught, uh, didn't Banner jump through? Yeah. Like, they split? Yeah. Randomly? For, was there a reason why they split? Like, Banner jumped through and, like, Hulk was just, like, left on Earth? I think that was because Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld wanted to play with the Hulk. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that's pretty much... That, that very much felt like... Because I was following uh, all of those books at the time, and Hulk was kind of a mess at that time, and it really just felt incredibly unfocused and and it felt like an editorial mandate that had been passed down yeah who wrote because uh, adam kubert did the art because i remember that was like a i remember there was like a bunch of 
in the backs of the X-Men comics, there were, like, these art spreads of, like, look, Adam Cooper's going to be drawing a Savage Hulk. Like, yeah, who yeah. Who was the writer for that? Was it? Uh, it was still Peter David. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah, yeah, Peter David, uh, because um, Adam Adam Kubert draws Peter David's last issue. Mm, okay. uh, the Lone and Level Sands is what it's called. Mm. Oh, God, it's so good. It's heartbreaking. We talked about it yeah. previously in the podcast. But um, but right now, the basically the story that's, that's happening over there is that uh, – um, Doctor Doom separated Banner and the Hulk, and whenever they were separated, Banner turned into an evil, mad genius, a mad scientist genius, and he gamma he broke into a gamma facility, uh, a government gamma facility, stole a bunch of uh, ga- experimental gamma equipment and stuff like that, went to a desert island, and basically turned into Gamma Doctor Moreau. And uh, made all these monsters that went out to find the Hulk. The Hulk comes back and with Amanda Von Doom. Is that her name? Amanda Uh, Von Doom? Maybe. Um, She and the Hulk and her assistant, they they basically go in and they burn burn the island to the ground. Um, Banner dies in uh, in a a gamma bomb explosion. And after he dies, it turns out that his reflection... Uh, he's actually now trapped in the Hulk's mind. So whenever the Hulk calms down, then uh, then Evil Genius Banner comes out, hmm. and and th- it's starting to get to a place that might be more interesting to play with. But it's been a me- I feel like it's been kind yeah. of a mess to get there. But like, but now the Hulk's waking up places. And he's surrounded by weird things or like <laughs> test equipment, and he's like, "What the hell is Banner doing Man, while I'm gone?" Which is, it, which sounds interesting to yeah. me, but it still feels like, I don't know. Um, I, I read, I've, I, I've read those two books concurrently, and I'm like, "Wow, I can't believe this is the same guy." Yeah, this is bringing him up like this point that I have um, about usually when comic book movies come out, I get pissed when Marvel implements changes in the comics. Like yeah. when the X Men movie came out and then Grant Morrison's running, they were all all wearing black leather, and I was like, yeah. okay, thanks guys. Or even like when the Captain America movie came out and they like took Bucky Cap away and gave us Steve Rogers back. Which yeah, like, yeah. Hey, we don't need that. Um, this is the first time with Avengers where I'm like, oh wait, no, I want all the comics to be like the movie. <laughs> I, I welcome any type of change they can give me. Like the Hulk in the movie. Yeah. I want more of that. Yeah. And all this doesn't sound like that like i want a banner that's like mark ruffalo that looks like mark ruffalo well yeah thing. yeah <laughs> um, and is that character because that's such a fascinating character that, that is in avengers that is a shame i don't think is in the comics and also i'm reading well i think i think that that banner was almost a mix between peter david's and greg pax yeah Pox. uh yeah it, it's um I think I think the two of them kind of hit that balance of that character where 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 uh, the most recent Banner was very uh, you know he was accepting of where he was it, he seemed like someone who had he seemed like what Mark Ruffalo's yeah. version of Banner will become yeah eventually you know and so good yeah uh, and also, like I've also been going back I went through and did a start like study of like what are the best Avengers stories uh huh because X Men are my jam I know all about the X Men I've always been curious about the Avengers so I've been like okay I want to read that so I went through and got a list here are the best Avengers comics yeah and I've been reading those and I'm like oh I feel like maybe the movie is the best Avengers story that has ever been told and maybe will ever be told. Because I just read Kree Scroll War, it's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Um, 
but I feel like it's one of those, it doesn't age as well. There is a lot of rampant misogyny in old Avengers comics that is really, really shocking to me. Like, Roy Thomas was not up for pushing any type of uh, barriers. Yeah. Unlike Chris Claremont, yeah. who was all about equality and showing women being as capable as men, whereas the um, the Wasp under Roy Thomas is, and also Stan Lee as well, is just an awful waste of a character who does nothing except depend on men, be in love with uh, Ant-Man, and get knocked out. Yeah. She doesn't do anything. Uh. Um, and... and and there's even an issue, issue number 83 of Avengers from like 1970, where it's Valkyrie's first appearance, but it's really Enchantress posing as Valkyrie, and she goes and recruits all the female Marvel heroes of the time, which is like Medusa, Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, Wasp, um, and Valkyrie, I guess, um, to overthrow all the male chauvinist pigs and kill all men because women should inherit the earth. And it's revealed that it's actually the Enchantress doing this, and she's only doing this because her boyfriend dumped her. And then the last page is after they all the after like Wasp and Scarlet Witch are like, oh okay, yeah she was a bad guy. Okay, we're we're cool Avengers, we're cool. And Hank Pym's like, yeah, finally you learned that all that women's lib stuff is just nothing but bull. Like, what oh the man, hell? somewhere right now Nicole's ears are turning I know. red. Yeah, she's well, like, I'm I'm suddenly angry and I don't know why. <laughs> I I've told her like you have to read this. Yeah, it's perplexing and also it, it and it's hard for me now to even see the value in these what could be really great stories and probably are when i'm like oh but black widow and wasp and scarlet witch are just non in non-entities you just should, like aggressively just like non-entities you should check out uh we should we should read operation galactic storm yeah, I want to check that. That's a great. That's a great story. It's a really, yeah. really good story. It's really long. It's eighteen parts, and at least one of them's double sized. <laughs> but they they juggle. There were a lot of balls in the air for that, and yeah. it takes place on Earth, and it takes place in space, and it takes place in two were, different places in space. Was that the Avengers when the Avengers were trying to be more like the X Men? They all had bomber jackets, or was that it was after? right before okay. that? So it was like Cersei and Crystal. It was. It, it was. It was Thunderstrike. Um, no, Thunder, uh, it was Eric Masters as Thor. Thor oh, okay. was still considered, uh, deceased. Um, it was, it was that Thor. It was Tony Stark when people were really untrusting of him. Mm. Um, he was getting really arrogant in the books again. Um, Cap, obviously, uh, Vision and Wonder Man have a fantastic arc throughout the entire That's thing. Cool. There's a lot of, uh. There's a lot of argument between Wonder Man and Vision because you know Vision's He's based on his yeah brains, yeah man. yeah and and you know Simon was the one that was that was in love with the Scarlet Witch and she married the Vision oh, yeah. and how does that how does that sit with oh, that's great you know what happens when the woman you love marries the copy of you yeah <laughs> like, the, the the robot copy of you like yeah, what even... what was so wrong with me yeah yeah uh, uh, there's a there's a lot and it does not end well. It does not end pretty it's on at all. List. Um, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a really good story. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of second stringers in it too, but they they also address the fact that there are second stringers in it. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of chips sh- uh, you know chips yeah. on shoulders and and it's a that's yeah. Right. It's, and that's what I love about the Avengers movie is it's actually them not getting along. Yeah, or like learning how to get along in a way that the comic books that I read mostly the only Avengers knowledge I had up to this was the Busiek Perez run for like 97 yeah which was like those first like 18 issues are good but compared to the x-men at the time 
Yeah. Still felt very... If I, it felt like... I don't know anything about the Avengers. This could piss off a lot of Avengers fans. I hope so. Please... Like us on Twitter. Tell all your friends how mad we make you. Um, it felt like a, like in 1998, the Avengers finally caught up to where the X-Men were in the 80s. Well, that's what I was just going to say. It felt like, and, and I think this, something, this is something that we weren't entirely cognizant of because we were younger then. Like I was, uh, yeah. 98, I was 17. So um, I think that what was happening there and the reason that the Avengers were getting such raised reviews at that time is that... 70s nostalgia. Oh, yeah. The 70s and early 80s nostalgia was huge in the 90s. Yeah. Much in the same way that 80s nostalgia was was big in the last decade, and now the 90s are coming back. And if you want, if if the if it swings both ways, like we just had six years of image. Yeah. Like Rob Liefeld, X-Forceness, and then of course you're going to want, what's the opposite of that? Yeah. 70s solid superhero story. Yeah, yeah. With, yeah, so there's... Um, there, it, it, character moments, it was sort of that... Uh, that I think they took a look at it, and they were like, when was the last time the Avengers really worked? Yeah. Oh, it was back then when, you know, there was, uh, you know, we... You know, late 70s, early 80s, and yeah. they just they just sort of took it back to that. And, and uh, Kurt Busiek does great stories in, oh, that, yeah. in that vein. I think I like them. I do like those issues now a lot more. Because, I mean, at that time, in... That was being published around the exact same time that Joe Kelly was on X-Men and also Deadpool. And Joe Kelly's Deadpool run, uh, which we will talk about at some point, is another one of those things where I'm like, where I'm defending X-Force. Like, I defend Deadpool because Joe Kelly's run in Deadpool changed the way my brain intook everything. Like, the way that he did such dark humor that was hilarious. Yeah. than any comic I had ever read, but also darker than any comic I ever read in eighth grade when I, I was in eighth grade then. It just, like, blew my mind. Yeah. Like, that and Buffy at the same time happening for me changed mm-hmm. how I like everything. And so reading things that I thought were very uh, pushing boundaries and then reading Avengers, I was like, this this seems old. I don't like this. <laughs> like now I, I look for that. And I know that in the 80s, Black Widow and Wasp got a lot more three-dimensional wasp yeah. i know definitely got a lot better that was under john byrne too john yeah. byrne was the guy that really i think turned her into a th- more three-dimensional character she yeah. started showing up every one or two issues in a new costume yeah and it's like yeah of course she would she's obsessed with fashion she's yeah. a fashion designer the thing is like i don't dislike the fact that she is a fashion de- like she's a girly girl like, yeah she's exactly what society has deemed a woman should be that is what wasp is totally fine what i hated about those 60s issues is how she doesn't add anything. Like, she's not yeah. a good fighter. She's actively dumb and actively, like, <laughs> sabotages things. Yeah. Because she's so kooky and such a woman. It's just so bad. Avengers. Um, the subtitle of the Avengers back then is Women Are Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> women be crazy and they be shopping. They be she shopping. Did, she did both of those. What and, else? Oh, go ahead. Uh, what, what other things am I reading? Yeah. We have a yeah, little bit more time to talk about that. Uh... Well, the other, my top five right now are FF, Animal Man, Batman, Saga, and Wolverine and the X-Men. I'm shocked that of my top five, three of them are not Marvel. I feel yeah. kudos to me. I'll tell you what, Saga is spectacular. Yeah. It is, every now and then, I wonder what it would be like to just give up my hero vice. Uh-huh. Like, to be like, yeah, I'm not going to read X-Men anymore. And it's like, well, things like Saga, it was like, okay, well, it would be fine. Yeah. Because it's also super refreshing to see... Yeah, people can be extremely creative and come up with something from the ground up and it be as engaging and captivating as 
people who are doing X-Men stories that I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the universe is so big and purposely weird, yeah. and we're introduced to a lot of new characters just immediately with little to no explanation, but it it all happens organically. Yeah. And it all... Like, when, when someone shows up and you don't understand who they are or why they're acting a certain way, like, it, it is eventually explained. It's not just yeah. something that's talked... You know, that's... That's that was one of my frustrations with this X Force series that we read was that there were a lot of there were a lot of things that kept getting thrown into the mix, yeah. but they weren't resolved or they weren't explained. Did nothing. Or yeah. they didn't have a, a, a purpose. Everything in Saga seems to have a purpose, and it's weird yeah. and it's strange and it's exciting. Yeah, that's Ugh. the thing is like I don't know where any of this is going. Like when I'm reading an X Men comic now. I am constantly comparing it to like, okay, well, does that make sense with how Rachel Gray was portrayed in 1987? Yeah. Like, I, the knowledge of these characters is such a secondhand thing for me now that mm-hmm. I'm constantly second guessing everything a writer is doing and every choice they're making. Yeah. Which is not a, it's not a pleasant way to read a comic book, but I've learned how to quell the fanboyness and like enjoy what people are doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in Saga, like, oh, I, I'll read and be like, oh, well, why are they introducing this character? I'm like, oh, well, I actually don't know where this is going. Like, I don't know. Like, it's like X-Men. X-Men should only have eight members on the team, and I hate that there's 20 of them. Like, Saga, like, they can keep adding more main characters. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea what it's going to level out to. Yeah. I have no idea what is a Saga story yet, which is really interesting. It's something yep. I haven't experienced in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really it's really fresh. It's exciting. Uh, Saga, by the way, if you haven't read it yet, highly Highly recommend checking yeah. it out. Brian um, K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples on art. Yeah. Um, by Image Comics. Yeah, it's... They're uh, on a tear this year. What's that? They're on a tear. Oh. They've released so many new number ones this year. They have, and they're all great. It's There's crazy. so much good stuff coming out of Image yeah. right now. Uh, and and this, is, this is the story of... This is the story of uh, a couple... Well, actually, technically, it's the story of a baby that is born in the first issue. Yeah. And we still don't know... What is going to eventually happen? But something the series is narrated by the baby, like in the future, like commenting back on yeah, on world. on everything that has happened. And the parents, the parents are uh, are an earthy and a moony. Well, not an earthy, but uh, basically, uh, there's there's a group of uh, magic. Um, you know, there's a group of uh, magicians that yeah. that uh, that exist on the moon of this planet, and then on the planet itself. Are people who are uh, technology based? Yeah, that are you know more techno obsessed, uh, more like today's modern society, and they do not get along, and they began a war on each other's planets, but it eventually spread to the entire galaxy yeah. because it was destroying both of their planets, and now the the war is still happening in the rest of the galaxy, and uh, a guy from the moon, a woman from the uh, from the planet. Uh, sneak off, fall in love, and get married and have a baby. Yeah. On the and now they're on the run from yeah. both sides. Everybody wants this baby because it's the first. I think it's the first, uh, the first crossbreed child. Yeah. Because all of them die before birth up until this one. Yeah, it's and you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, we might not have even met the main characters yet, honestly. Yeah. Like there's so many surprises. It's such a. It's it's exactly what the medium of comics can do. That you forget if you just read nothing but Marvel and DC, yeah. which not to knock. Um, and that's the other thing is like you read things like Saga, and it's like I firmly believe you could tell a story exactly like Saga in the Marvel universe, but it's just like 
it's a difference between Image, which is more indie-driven, and Marvel, which is a corporation, where it's like, well, but, yeah, you can kill Captain America, but he's got to, he kind of has to come back when yeah. the movie comes out. Yeah, yeah, Because, like, Marvel does these awesome things. Like, having Bucky be Captain America was such a crazy, fun thing. And it really worked, and, too. But, okay. Yeah. Guys, technically all of our characters are owned by money. Yeah. So, <laughs> eventually they need to start making that money again. The thing that you have to make peace with and then you can really enjoy things once you've made peace with that because I feel like the fans that get super mad about superhero comics are the ones who haven't made peace with the fact that they're owned by money yeah and they're like well why are we just why did this happen you just killed Thor for the fourth time well it's like well they have still issues man yeah yeah and it's like you just gotta like you're not gonna rail against the system you're not gonna change that yeah um just accept that as a truth and just try and enjoy the stories and also enjoy the status quo as they exist yeah. <clears throat> like, honestly, between now and when the podcast comes out, they're probably going to or will announce that, like, Kieran Gillen is leaving Uncanny. Yeah. Uh, Jason Aaron, they might be taking him off of Wolverine and the X-Men. Which I, uh, I, don't think, I hope I mean, not. The rumors are that he's not going anywhere, but still, like, there are rumors that Bendis is taking over all the X-Men books, which I would be... I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that either. I think he has pacing issues the same way that Rob Liefeld does, to be honest. Also, don't give him an entire... Like, he... Don't give him all the Avengers, which they have, because he writes three monthly ongoing Avengers books. Yeah, I and, and don't give him all the X Men. Give him one X Men book. I think uh, I think Bendis's best work is always with uh, the less characters that there are, to, yeah. like like the team books. Um, I, I think that I think that the, he does he does spectacular small story like that Daredevil run is amazing. Oh God, uh, Alias is amazing. Alias is fantastic, and Ultimate and is, Spider Man is still amazing. Uh, Ultimate Spider Man still continues to be one of the it's best great. reads on the shelf. Um, but I have dropped all of his Avengers books because, and I've loved some of his Avengers run, but it's like I'm sick of it. He has three Avengers ongoings every month, and he's had at least two or three for the past, like, three years. Yeah. It's like, I kind of... You're ready for something new. Yeah. Especially after that movie comes out. Like, Joss Whedon should write the Avengers. Hey. Yeah. (laughs) I would not be surprised. It would be awesome. Marvel should make that happen. Um, But, I mean, yeah, guys. uh, I mean, we can wrap this up. We've been blathering on. Well, I'll tell you the cool things. Something, something that I am, and this isn't actually a comic. Something that I've been uh, uh, into a lot recently is uh, the, and I, and I told you about this before, and I still hold uh, Young Justice. Yeah. is such a good show. It is spectacular. And it's a new iteration. Yeah, it's oh, not like a continuation of the old. No. Uh, universe no basically it's it's a view of the entire dc universe through the eyes of the teens and early 20s superheroes so like you know the justice league is often in it but uh you know um basically young justice is all of the sidekicks and and stuff like that they're they're put together on the team and the justice league puts them together as as a stealth recon team huh. for them to take a look at smaller scale threats or or get intel for them from something um and of course things go wrong because things have to go wrong in yeah. a in, in an action in any, series in any story even in comedies yeah things have to go wrong but they're doing such amazing character development there are so yeah. many characters in this show and yet 90 percent of them are getting are are getting fantastic. There's uh, everyone's getting their moment in this show, and like it's the best take I've ever seen on Superboy. 
um, is just treating him like an angsty teenager whose dad won't pay it, <laughs> never paid attention to yeah, him. So he has yeah. this massive chip on his shoulder. Yeah. The whole first season is great. And then the second season starts and it takes this wild turn that if you don't know, um, uh, well, spoiler alert. I mean, we're we're part way into the second season right now. And if, well, if you want me to tell you, I'll tell you. If not, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I need to buy the season pass. If it's on iTunes. Okay, watch this. All right, it takes a wild turn in the second oh, season. Yes, you know, um, within the first two minutes of the second season, it takes this turn, and you're like, "Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa!" I just got used to this, and then, uh, and and since then, it's been on fire. It's been absolutely on fire. Uh, it's, it's one of, if, again, like, like stuff like Avatar and, and this show too, like if I were, <laughs> if I were 10 years old right now, give me all them toys. I wouldn't Let's be a Marvel 10. zombie. Yeah. I'd be obsessed. Yeah. I'd be obsessed with young justice and I'd be obsessed with the teen Titans because of this. Is it doing well in the ratings? Yeah. Why is the Earth's Mightiest Heroes not doing well in the ratings? I don't know. I was listening to a Jeff Loeb interview again. I with purposely Word didn't Balloon. listen to that because I was like, I don't want to hear how they're going to change Earth's Mightiest Heroes because I love that show. Well, so he I kind stopped. of well, he kind of skirts the issue a bit. Yeah, and he turns it into he turns the conversation into you can't do most shows don't do more than sixty five episodes. Because yeah. it's hard to keep doing more stories than, yeah. than 65. So give us 65 Earth's Mightiest Heroes, please. Yeah, and <laughs> he it, it, sounds like, it sounds like that stuff may be true, but he didn't want to address it. Like, he really does, he, he really does, like, say, yeah, yeah, I've heard that, but we don't address rumors anyway. And, like, really turns the conversation yeah, yeah. In, a, in a different direction. It does make sense that if you've gone through this whole thing of making all your movies under the same, in the same house. Yeah. That to now have two cartoon series airing back to back and they don't take place in the same universe yeah is kind of weird especially when they both have like nick fury and spider-man yeah and mm. and it has to be weird it has to be odd for like for a kid that's watching it when you watch ultimate spider-man you know and literally in the same week like you have uh you have a big story you have a big story in ultimate spider-man that uh that involves luke cage and iron fist Right oh, on Ultimate Spider-Man, yeah. and then, and then you watch. Then the next show is Avengers, and Power Man and Iron Fist are in that too. Not but they're insane. adults, and they're completely different characters. Yeah. Um, and then the That's Thor sad. episode, you know, Thor shows up. Thor, uh, Thor is talking to to Power Man and Iron Fist in a completely different way on this show than he did whenever they were in. Yeah. That's sad because it's such a great show. Uh-huh. It's such a great show. Yeah, I, I love I love Earth's Mightiest Heroes, but Young Justice, Young, you will watch Young for as big as Marvel zombies as we are too. You will watch Young Justice and be so angry that it's not a Marvel show because it's that good. <laughs> Peter <laughs> David wrote yesterday's episode. I know I've heard a bunch of great things about it's it. It's so already. good. Already, it's so good. Ugh. I I can't I can't say enough good things about that show. Well, I will check it out. You have you have to you start watching it. Let me know what you think. <laughs> I think you're gonna love it. Oh uh, yeah, I definitely will. Um, but uh, no, you're not gonna love. Well, you might love it if you love it. Let us know. X Force Volume Two: The Legend Returns. Oh uh, my! Buy it on Amazon. Check you guys, <laughs> you guys, check it. Check it out. Uh, check it out. Let us know what you think before yeah. the episode releases too. Let us know. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are. Between now and next week, whenever yeah. uh, whenever we talk about the show, I, we uh, hit us up on the Facebook page. 
Um, you know, com. Yeah, head over to mattandbrettlovecomics.com and click like. You'll start getting you'll start getting information from our Facebook feed a couple times a week. We're probably going to ramp it up a little bit, but it's it's going to be comic discussion. You know, we want to we want to talk comics, and I think that's probably going to be a better avenue for us to to talk about uh, current stuff as well. Yeah. Um, because and also on Twitter, guys, you can t- contact us on Twitter. Yep, uh, at I'm Brett White, and I'm at the Matt Little. Yeah, and uh, check us out there. Head over to iTunes if you if you're listening to the show. Most people are probably listening to it through iTunes. And if you like what you hear, if you enjoy hanging out with us every week and and BSing about comics, then uh, if you could do us a huge favor, just uh, take a minute or two, head over to iTunes, log in, rate us, and leave a review. Let other people know what you think there, because believe it or not, people actually do, strangers do check those reviews out to see what other people think, and it affects. It also affects the uh, the algorithm for iTunes that bumps us up in the in the iTunes algorithm and gets us closer to being recognized on the front page. We can't, uh, you know, we are asking for your help. I know, and and we appreciate it so much. But you know, again, if you're not listening, we can't we can't do this without you. You yeah. know. Otherwise, well, but it'll just be pathetic. Yeah, it'll just be us at the bar again, getting drunk and, and bitching about comics. So yeah, uh, tune in next week. We have a very special guest. Uh, Nicole will be back. It's going to be ridiculous. Um, oh, our special guest. Our special guest. We we could yeah, say, we can our, say. Uh, our special guest is going to be Jubin Parang. He is a writer for the Daily Show. He's a comedian at the UCB Theater. He's a sketch actor. He's also an improviser. And he's a, he's a damn funny guy. Yeah. Um, go to ucbcomedy.com and type in Zubin Parang, Z-H-U-B-I-N-P-A-R-A-N-G, and you will see sketches. That Brett wrote. That I wrote that he was in that humiliate him. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, look but forward he's a, to that. Yeah, he's a really smart guy. He's very articulate. Uh, and, and he's so got tossed him this thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was on purpose. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and, and I think, I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy how, uh, how that turns out. So yeah, uh, we will see you next week through your webcam cause we have that power. Yeah. So, uh, like us on Facebook, hit us up on Twitter. Tell us what you think about everything in your life. We're there for you. Yeah. Let us know what you guys are reading right now too. We'd love to hear it. If there's something you want us to, uh, want us to review, let us know. Otherwise, we will talk to you next week with Jubin Parang, Nicole Dressel, and X-Force Volume 2, Issues 1 through 6. Oh, boy. Until then, this has been Matt. And this is Brett. Whatever you do this week, make it good. Bye. Bye.